And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Having a great day today. JT with you, Raider Nation Radio, as we continue on. Eagles coming into town on Sunday it's a monster game for the Silver and Black, an opportunity to go 5-2 and two heading into the bye week. I'm thrilled to welcome in Howard Eskin, the sports radio legend from WIP in Philadelphia, sideline reporter for the Eagles on their broadcast, and a TV star for multiple years in Philly. Howard, good to talk to you again. I hope you're doing well. How are you? You know what? I have never had a bad day in my life. Just the teams in town here right now are not that good. So that's their problem. That's not my problem. Before we get into that, I want to ask your opinion because of the respect I have for you covering the league. Your thoughts about the resignation of John Gruden, the way the league is not transparent on the 650,000 emails, and how the Raiders were affected by this, even though it was a Washington football team investigation. Well, uh, I will tell you this. I think it's a disgrace an absolute disgrace what the NFL has what the NFL has done uh, to John Gruden. Uh, I know the Raiders are affected. Now, what John said, and I, I've known John for years, and I like John, you know, and he gets a little carried away. But it was a private email. What he what he said obviously shouldn't have been said, but that wasn't what the investigation was. This was a cover up, in my opinion, by the NFL to try to cover up the absolute disgraceful culture and nasty culture of the Washington football team. It's uh, that organization is a toilet. Uh, They have people in there that obviously weren't good people. I'm not a fan of Daniel Snyder's because I don't think he's really uh, that nice a person. Uh, And he's a terrible owner. He's lucky he's got Ron Rivera. I could go through so many things. But the NFL fines uh, the Washington football team $10 million, and not one email gets leaked. Yet the NFL leaks the emails from John Gruden to take the focus off uh, that football team, and that's obviously what they did. But if you're going to leak those, and they said they didn't, that's nonsense. Uh, If you're going to leak those, then you've got to put out the others. And those cheerleaders whose topless pictures were paraded around through emails within the organization have a right to be pissed, have a right to sue, uh, and they have a right to know uh, who generated that, what they did, and what was said in those emails and where those emails came from. So I am really, really angry with the NFL which, by the way, is the most powerful company in the world. They can do whatever they want, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they are the NFL and we're not. Sad, but football is is a lifestyle for so many people in the United States, and now they're trying to create that lifestyle for people around the world. I, I am really disappointed. In the, I, I, I'm disappointed to the point of disgust for the NFL. So does that answer your question? 
Yeah, Howard Eskins, our guest. One more follow-up, though. What happens? The NFL, you know how powerful it is. You've made your living covering the sport your whole adult life. What happens if the NFL says you don't get it? We find them $10 million. We're closing this down. Remember Spygate, Deflategate. When they said it was over, it was over. Uh, what could happen here? What recourse can Mark Davis have, at least for his football team, or as you mentioned, those cheerleaders and people around the league? How tough will everybody be? against the NFL to make them be transparent at this point in time, Howard? Well, I don't think Mark Davis can do anything because you can't, uh, because you're part of that company, uh, you can't say, okay, I want the others out uh, and I'm going to defend John Gruden. It's not not him that's got to go after them. It's Mm -hmm. the cheerleaders, and I hope, and I'm sure they have attorneys, I want civil suits out the you-know-what, uh, and they're the ones that got have got to go after it because Mark Davis has just got to live live with it, suck it up. You know, we know John Gruden didn't really resign; he was forced to resign. Uh, but he can't do anything because then he looks bad because of what John Gruden did put in those emails. And feel bad; it was a private email to uh, the company email, but they were still his private emails. But I don't think. The Raiders or uh, Mark Davis can do anything. It's got to come from the other side. And I hope there's more suits. But the NFL will find another. Uh, they'll just continue to cover it up and stonewall it. Uh, we find them. That's the end of it. Well, you find them $10 million. By the way, $10 million to the uh, to the Washington football team is about 100 bucks to us. So it's, it's a, an absolute downright disgrace. But I don't think Mark Davis can do anything. All right, let's move on to the Eagles coming to Vegas. And what's the tone around the organization with two wins? Because I like Jalen Hurts. I think he's a man of character, high character. He's big. He's strong. He's proven he could make some throws, and he's really good outside the pocket. But you covered Donovan McNabb, Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham. You've seen better quarterbacks along the way, Howard. How patient are the Eagle fans going to be with this kid? Well, I, I think you're kind of overstating the ability of Jalen Hurts. I, I don't know. I don't know that he's that kind of quarterback. And this morning I was uh, uh, I just came back from the Eagles practice, and Nick Sirianni, the head coach, spoke. And he has said he's got to stay in the pocket more and not get out of the pocket because obviously his throws when he's out of the pocket aren't good enough. Uh, he... He lacks a touch right now, and again, he's still he's still kind of a rookie. He's only played ten games, uh, a ten game start. He's only started 10, 10 games in the NFL, and in the pocket, he's just I don't know that he's got the awareness that he needs, and maybe that's why he gets out of the pocket too quickly. That's what and I've seen that, and Nick Sirianni said that uh, this morning. I I'm not sure about him yet. He's he is a a, a a person of character. Uh, the players like him. He's got good leadership qualities, unlike that creep that plays for the Sixers, uh, hopefully for not too much longer, uh, Ben Simmons. But he is a good person. I just don't know if he's a good enough quarterback yet, and that's the difference. See, we see all these numbers. These numbers are pieces of games. I, it's, I can't think of one game this year where he's been consistent the entire game he has a quarter here and there 
And a lot of those yards are catch-up yards. The Cowboys, catch-up yards. Uh, the 49ers, catch-up yards. Uh, last week they were down, was it 28-7 to to Tampa last Thursday night? Catch-up yards. I, I don't buy those kind of numbers. You know, the bottom line is uh-huh. in his starts, he's 3-7. and seven. I know he's young. And he's got, uh, he's got some things to overcome. But I'm not ready to go there yet that he's that quarterback that can take the Eagles to a championship. Now, he can have good spurts, and he can extend those spurts, and he can do some good things. And I think uh, Sunday's game against the Raiders uh, will be a very tight game, and I think the Eagles have a good chance to win. Although, we'll see if Derek Carr, maybe he played for John Gruden last week. He probably didn't say that, but he's become a better quarterback under when John Gruden was there. But now that emotion of losing your head coach is not the same as it was last week. So we'll see how that plays out. But as far as Jalen Hurts, JT, I'm not ready to go there yet and say he's that guy. Howard Eskin, as we wrap it up, the Simmons story is incredible for us in the sports radio business. It's, it's a gift from God, but there's sides to the story. You're in the middle of it in Philly. There are fans nationally who tell me, look, you know, Doc kind of threw him under the bus, and I know what Doc did in that last game. He went right to the podium afterwards. He was honest. I love guys who are honest. And then even Doc, I was playing the sound last night, Howard, about how he's still backtracking, how he could still be a part of this team, and Bede goes up and down on this. What's the current mood of the organization and the fans to get Simmons out sooner than later? Well, the fans are outraged. I mean, beyond, he is the most, and I will say in my lifetime, he is the most hated player in Philadelphia. Ever. Ever. Really? Don't like, yes, Ever. Ever. There's nobody that even comes. I tried to, over the last week um, and the last few days especially, tried to think, and I was questioned the other day on another show, well, who? Uh, what other players did they hate? Well, when Jason Worth left and went to the Washington Nationals, they didn't like him because he left. Well, the Phillies wouldn't give him a contract. But not, but that he was already gone. But not at this level. I mean, it's, I can't think of anybody that even comes close, I mean, not even close. We're a universe away of hatred from this guy. He has bailed out on his team. He's a selfish, selfish child. Uh, he loves himself and he loves money, and that's all he loves. He doesn't love anybody else. He's not a good teammate. Uh, and I don't call uh, uh, the, the Eagles, the Sixers coach, Doc anymore. Julius Serving's the only Doc in Philadelphia. I've taken that name away. It's Glenn Rivers. Glenn Rivers, the coach, you know, he says, we'll see you at practice on Thursday. Well, they're not going to practice tomorrow. They're not going to have practice. They play tonight in New Orleans. You normally don't have practice after a game, especially the night before, especially on the road. So we're going to have to wait until Friday until the shoot-around late in the afternoon. I think they hope he doesn't show up so they can suspend him again. Uh, it's terrible. It's terrible what he's done. And let me just break the news to everybody. He's not as good a player and not even close. To, he's not one of the top 30 or 40 players in the NBA. This is nonsense. He was on the All-Star three teams, but everybody says, well, he's a three-time All-Star. LeBron James, who has ownership in the company that represents Ben Simmons, got the other team to pick him. You know, they pick sides for the All-Star game. 
to pick him for the All-Star game. What player do you take in an All-Star game that can't and won't shoot? This guy is scared to death. Uh, he, he's athletic. So is everybody in the NBA. He shoots 30-some percent between 3 and 10 feet. That's a disgrace. That's a disgrace. Oh, he's a defensive player of the year. Well, Jimmy Butler has told people, and I've talked to those people, and said, yeah, he's guarding guys that he's five inches taller than. Uh, and he doesn't guard Kyrie Irving, doesn't guard Bradley Beal. This is nonsense. He guards Trey Young, who's, what, a foot shorter than him? Uh, I mean, it was a joke. And they still, and Atlanta still beat them in the playoffs. This guy is not even close to the p- player that people around the country uh, think he is. He is not that good. Uh, all he can do is go to the basket, and all they do with him in the playoffs is lose. Here, I'm going to give you a little background. We have been told, you know, how to socially distance, right, six feet. Well, Ben Simmons helped everybody because the vendors played six feet off him to show everybody how to socially distance. So that's he, Ben Simmons, and thank, thank goodness for that, he showed people how to socially distance because the defender's not even going to get close to him. Ben Simmons is a fraud, an absolute fraud as a basketball player and a fraud as a person. Does that kind of explain it to you? You're the best, unbelievable guest, unbelievable legendary host. Everything you've done with the Eagles in your career, Howard. Thanks for getting back to me and making time for me. I really appreciate it. No, it's always a play a pleasure, and I kind of you know I like Mike Mayock because I I'm friends with him, and the Raiders I've been a fan from afar when Gruden was there, you know I wish the best for him, but not on Sunday because I think the Eagles win the game. You got it, my friend. I disagree with you. I'll see you there. Take care, Fred. Be good. All right, take care. You too. You got it, Howard Eskin. That is a great interview, and I had nothing to do with it. He got back to me. We try to book you the best guests, guests in all the radio, and we're doing it today. We're doing it today. Howard Eskin is the king of Philadelphia sports, and you just heard him. And he thinks the Eagles are going to win, but, man, his information on Ben Simmons, the most hated athlete in Philadelphia history, Howard Eskin's the authority. If he says it, it's true. And that says a lot because those fans hate a lot of people. Coming up next, one of my favorites all time. I worked with him for years. He's an icon in radio, Tony Bruno. If I think Philadelphia sports, I think Howard Eskin, I think Tony Bruno. Tony Bruno, Howard Eskin, bringing you sports the way you should get it on the flagship of the Raiders. We're previewing the Eagles. Can you tell your boy JT's taking the Eagles seriously? Because half of you people didn't take the Bears seriously. You didn't. And I'm making sure we don't make that mistake again. It will not happen on my dime. Brought to you by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. Because he's a good player. He can help us. And so, listen, the one thing I know about players, our players will welcome anyone back in that wants to be in. I also know that players will not welcome anyone that doesn't want to be in. And so when that time comes, I guarantee you, it won't be a hard thing to do. It's Doc Rivers. I don't know what to tell you about him. Uh, Doc keeps going back and forth. 
on this. Everybody wants Simmons out. Everybody wants him out in Philadelphia. And Doc's trying to figure it out. You know, not many people have had this big of an impact on my career in sports talk radio than our next guest. I worked with him for a number of years. He's an icon in Philadelphia and nationally. It's Raiders Eagles week. I got to get Tony Bruno on the radio. Beautiful. How are you, Tony? Thanks for doing this. Hey, no problem, JT. Anytime, man. Great to talk to you again. And it's great to, great to talk Raiders football. It's been a while since I've been out there in the black hole. And I know all the fans in Oakland, we used to go out there all the time and doing Raiders post-game shows and stuff. It was a fun time. But the Las Vegas Raiders in a glorious stadium, JT, it doesn't get any better than that. I'll tell you, Tony, you would love this. We finally have a flagship station that gets along with the team. Oh, the team likes the flagship station after all these years. You remember what it was like. Well, are they going to move? Oh, we got the Warriors this week. We like the Giants. Hey, man, this and that. So finally, we're in Vegas, and everybody gets along, and we go over there for lunch, and we do shows from the facility. It's just a beautiful thing. And uh, you were there, and the Raider fans love you because you went to Raider games. You understood the culture of the black hole. Ricky's in San Leandro. You knew the owner. You knew everybody involved, the play-by-play voices. It played a role in your career back in the day. Absolutely. And the one thing that I loved about going to the Raiders games and going into the Black Holes, I would walk along the outfield warning track there, you know, when they were in the converted <laughs> stadium, and the fans would say, we hate you, Tony Bruno. But they loved me because Raider fans and Eagle fans have that same passion, and that's why I think the fan bases, you know, people say, well, the fan bases are just a bunch of animals and crazy people. They're not crazy. They're people who love their team. They would follow them. You saw the Raiders. The fans would fly from they fly from L.A. to Oakland every single weekend. They'd fly from you know from Oakland to, to wherever they went to Los Angeles and back to Vegas. I mean, they're going to Vegas, and people are saying nobody's going to support the Raiders in Vegas. The place is packed, and it's not just Raider fans flying in from wherever they are. It's people who are in Las Vegas who want to go into an absolutely amazing stadium and watch a professional football game with a great team. The Raiders are a great team. That's the amazing thing, too, J.T. They're really, really good. And the fact that they went through what they did last week and then came out and played that way, I think a lot of people were surprised. Everybody was looking for a letdown. But the Raiders, man, they showed up and they rallied around their coaching staff and they rallied around themselves as teams, as teammates. So that was an impressive performance. Tony Bruno joins us. And, Tony, what happened with the resignation of John Gruden? I asked this to Howard uh, Eskin and John Ritchie before you. I mean, you're back in Philly and you're back east and you see this happen. How shocked were you not only by the events that took place but the fact that this was a Washington football team investigation with 650,000 emails? It gets John Gruden, which John Gruden is getting what he deserved with the content of those emails. But, Tony, you know the NFL as good as anybody. I mean, you, from your years with Mike Golick and Oberman and all the people you worked on radio with, with ESPN and the partnerships that they have with their television and radio partners, what do you think the NFL is holding out with here? I don't know. The amazing thing, J.T., last Friday, I was doing my show on Friday nights on the No Filter Network, and during the show, an email came, uh, 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 a newsflash came in that the NFL has concluded that there are no other emails in the 650,000 that they viewed besides John Gruden that had any, had any, had any kind of content that could be deemed dangerous or, 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 you know, or, or offensive. Are you kidding me? They're looking into a guy, the owner of Washington, you know, who was accused of using cheerleaders to, 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 to pleasure or at least to hang out with politicians and muckety-mucks who always refused to have the team change the name whenever they tried to do it. 
you know, all the the the, the news people, you know, were buddy buddy. They got the box seats at that crappy stadium. It was RFK, and then of course uh, in Landover, and they never changed the name because they got greased to not put any pressure on Daniel Snyder to change the name. And that's the amazing thing to me. Again, I'm not defending what John Gruden said, but the fact that 650,000 emails trying to get Dan Snyder out as an owner, that's all they found was John Gruden emails. Tony Bruno joins us. Uh, Tony, I watched when Jalen Hurts got benched for Tua at Alabama. He stood on the sideline and rooted for Tua. Tua won the game, and Hertz goes to Oklahoma where my kid goes. He's in the weight room first. He's a Heisman Trophy candidate for Oklahoma. He's bench-pressing weights with the O-line and the D-line, and the kid is perfect. He's the son of a coach. I just think that these Philly fans, your fans, are going to get all over this guy. He's a young player. He needs time to develop. Will the Philly fans and the organization and Sirianni give him opportunities to grow, or is he on the clock already, Tony? No, I told him, no, I don't think so, JT. I, I don't think the fans are all over. I think the fans are more concerned with the uh, coaching staff, Nick Sirianni, right. defensive coordinator. You know, these guys got a chance to come in. And the fact that Sirianni never even called plays as, as a coach. So he comes in, and you know, remember Jeffrey Lurie and, and got rid of Doug Peterson because Peterson uh, did not listen to it. Peterson, you know, basically went with the organization, told him, Howie Roseman, that you're not going to play Carson Wentz in that final Sunday night game, which – I think we've talked since then, was a national embarrassment. I mean, yeah, Carson Wentz, you know, they were going to get rid of him. But what they did to him on that Sunday night finale and did not even dress Carson Wentz in that game, it wasn't that Carson Wentz couldn't accept Jalen Hurts being there. You know, then they used their third-string quarterback who's not in the league anymore. It was an embarrassment. So they do that to Doug Peterson to get him out because he wasn't going to defend the move of not even having Carson Wentz dressed in the finale. And now they hire a guy in Nick Sirianni and give him the keys to run the offense and be the head coach. I don't have a problem with a coach wanting some power, but Sirianni never had a coordinator's job. And the fact that they didn't say, hey, man, get a coordinator in here. You're not running the football. I don't know if you saw the stat, JT. The Eagles, in the last four games, they have 72 total rushing attempts. 36 by Jalen Hurts, 29 by Miles Sanders, their, their franchise running back. Six by Kenny Gainwell, the rookie from uh, Memphis, and one by Jalen Rager. They just don't run the football. And then they, the same plays, even Troy Aikman, when they lost that game to Tampa Bay, they run that right receiver screen that never works. Everybody knows it's coming. They throw the ball to the sideline two yards behind the line of scrimmage, and the defenders are there, and they lose two yards on first down. So I think the frustration is not with Jalen Hurts. Because we've seen it. He obviously has to grow. He has to get better touch on the ball. His long ball isn't great. But I mean, he's got weapons, but I think the coaching needs to get better. And this is a kid, as you mentioned, at Oklahoma and Alabama, and had a ton of different coordinators. So now mm-hmm. he's got a coach who's a head coach and coordinator who's really not putting him in a great position to win. Tony, finally, I, th- I saw a lot of fight in the Eagles, even though they're so flawed, like you said, against Brady and Tampa Bay, especially late in that game, getting into a one-score game. They were at least fighting there, and that's what concerns me with this matchup with the Raiders. They had the Bears come into Allegiant Stadium a couple of weeks ago with 20, 20-plus thousand fans, if not more. Bears fans were loud. Bears punched them in the mouth, and the Raiders lost, and then the Raiders are coming off a great win. So what should Raider fans be concerned about with this Eagles team on Sunday, what are they playing for? What have they got that could put a spark into them and really concern the Raider Nation? Well, the Raiders, you know, as I mentioned, last week they played great, and the Raiders are at home. But the thing that's telling to me, JT, is that even though the Eagles 
you know, are two and four, and they've looked bad at times. The first halves have been horrible. I mean, they've been behind in every game. And the fact that they, except the Atlanta game, their opener, which they won, but, but they don't quit. And I think this defense, especially their secondary, is much improved from a year ago. And now Lane Johnson is coming back offensively mm-hmm. after missing three weeks, and they welcomed him back. And he's an all-time pro bowler. So they're going to have him back at left tackle. And so the offensive line will have three starters, at least, as opposed to only one in Jason Kelsey and a bunch of mixes. So I think the Eagles are going to come out and run the football, and they're not going to quit. The fact that the Raiders are only three-point favorites at home against the Eagles, who have been seven-point favorites, and they've been big big underdogs, I should say, against pretty much everybody they play. So the fact that they're not a big underdog is telling me that Vegas out there where you are, JT is looking at this. Well, you know what? Maybe the Eagles aren't going to. The Eagles could get blown out for all we know, depending on what happens, turnovers and, and the such. But to me, I think they know that the Eagles are going to show up and play hard. And I think this team is unified. Are they going to go anywhere? No, the Cowboys are, virtually have clinched the NFC East already with the way Washington, New York, and, uh, and the Eagles have played so far. So I don't think the Eagles are going to quit. But I think it's going to be a good game and it's going to be fun to watch. Tony, finally, a lot's changed since you and I got into radio. You got in before me, and, you know, we've been lifers in this business. Now there's Twitter and there's streaming services, and it's not the radio that we were used to, and everybody's trying to chase the podcast money. What do you get motivated about every day? What do you still love about the format, cracking the microphone every night? You entertain people a lot more than I entertain. You know how to entertain. What do you like? What, what fires you up every day to still get behind the microphone? Well, I just, I just love doing this. I mean, I, you know, we have great fans. And, you know, when you've been around a long time and you've worked at a lot of places, there are fans who know me from the Madden games only and don't know me from ESPN or Fox Sports Radio. So there's a, there's a group of people who grew up when I was at ESPN in the 90s, you know, who are now in their 30s and 40s who are college kids, you know, who grew up listening to you at different platforms. So those people have been loyal. They've been great fans. And, and they've become, a lot of them are friends. You know, I, a lot of them have my phone number. We call friends all over the country, whether it's Tampa Bay, whether it's the Bay Area. You know, no matter where it is around the country, these people, you know, they follow you, they stay with you, and, and then they keep me motivated. And I still love doing it. I, I love watching sports. I love following sports. It's been my life. So, And I love having fun. You know, as long as I'm having fun and I'm still healthy, that's all that matters. You're the best. Thanks for doing this, especially ahead of the Eagles. Can you believe it, Tony? From all the years we've been doing this, we could say the Raiders in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium hosting the Eagles and all these Eagle fans that are going to drop money in the bars, gambling at the tables, uh, $700 bottles of vodka in the pool, all these things. It's unbelievable that the Eagles can come to Vegas. I know know this, JT, is the one that (laughs) Eagle fans circled long before the draft ran. When when the day the schedule came out and they saw the the, Ra- the Eagles playing the Raiders in Vegas, they booked those tickets like eight months ago. So, obviously, Vegas is now a destination. It's a Super Bowl city. And even before, the- I remember when you couldn't even bet on sports in Vegas and you couldn't walk into a casino with a camera because they didn't want you taking a picture of the boards. Hot times have changed, and now you can bet anywhere. And it's, it's- I think people should enjoy it. you got to stop locking people down and telling them what to do. People want to travel. They want to go out, and it should be an awesome, awesome weekend out there in in las vegas for eagle fans and raider fans best to robin all the best tony hope to see you soon thanks jt you got it tony bruno wow what a bobby thread the needle today man great job tony bruno howard eskin bill williamson john ritchie sam and ash coming up next i mean really really exciting you know tony the impact that tony's had on my career it's big. You know, I got my start with Jim Rome, Tony Bruno, Hacksaw, who I have on the show, and Mike North. 
You know, I'd put them on a Mount Rushmore for me any day. And they're all different, all different styles of sports talk radio. And the influence, the little bit of influence that I've had from some younger guys who are in the business now and gals. But to talk to Tony again just brings you back in the day, doesn't it? And as he said, why are the Eagles catching three points in Vegas? Why aren't the Raiders a bigger favorite? Man, we got to hunt this story down from a gambling perspective. He's the second guy who said that. Why are the Raiders, it opened up minus two and a half, now it's minus three. Raiders played this marvelous game out in Denver, all three phases. Philadelphia doesn't look good. They can't run the ball. And you get three points for playing at home, so it's almost like a pick'em game. The Rams are a 15-point favorite over Detroit at home. 15 points. And the Raiders are only three at home against Philadelphia. I don't bet. If you do, tell me why. Why is this spread so close? You know, I'm not a, a guy here who could just dive deep into this topic like some of the sharps that are there. I'm surprised by this, and the total on this game is 49. Uh, I wonder if the the sharps think the Raiders just aren't going to put up a lot of points coming off that frenzy that we saw in Denver. I think the Raiders got to come out and smash them. I mean, they got to be up 10 nothing early in this game. This has got to be 13-7. This has got to be 21-10. This has got to be a Philadelphia team chasing the Raiders all day, not the Raiders sitting at halftime with a three-point lead or a three-point deficit. Can't have this at Allegiant Stadium. Can't have the Philadelphia fans in the mood that they think they're going to win the game like the Chicago fans getting louder in the third and fourth quarter of the game. When we come back, our friends Sam and Ash will join us. A lot to talk about from a legal perspective here in town. And I'm going to try to fit your phone calls in here because we've had so many really good, solid guests today. And I want to hear from you on what the Raiders need to do to win this game. 702-365-9200. At JT the Brick is the best way to get in touch with me on Twitter. Everything's happening, as you know, in town here. Coming into a weekend like this. So much for you to do. Brought to you by Modelo, an official cerveza. Drake, who caught that touchdown pass at the end of the first half, is the running back. Strong to the left. Here's Drake through the middle. Got daylight. Jackpot, baby! Kenyon Drake's second Vegas touchdown. It's good that he got going. The $6 million man, Drake. Give him the ball. Let him catch the ball. Let him run the ball. As we continue, JT brought to you by Sam and Ash. You see their logo when I tweeted out Sam and Ash because you deserve what's right. If you get into an accident, you get two for one. My two great friends, A201234. Ashley, I'll say hi to you first. Ladies first, how are you? Hi, JT. How are you? I'm great. I could not be better. Great to hear your voice. It's been too long. And Sam, how are you, my brother? Everything good? Hey, doing great, JT. Thanks for having us both on today. This is fun. Appreciate it very much. I want to start. I haven't talked to you since the Gruden emails and the resignation of the head coach of the Raiders, not from a football perspective, because we've covered that, but just a legal perspective with individuals in society at any place of work with their emails going forward. 
What should we be concerned about from our company's perspective, legal perspective, if something comes back to haunt us with our emails? Well, don't send private emails to work email. Uh, you know, it, th there's no expectation of privacy for any, you know, digital device and communication medium that you have at work. It belongs to your employer. And so if there's an investigation into something completely unrelated and your employer is turning over emails that they're uh, that they have on their server and people find it, you know, there it is. It's it's going to get discovered. Ashley. Yeah, it, Sam's absolutely right on this. If you're sending emails like for personal purposes, you know, to talk about anything, do not include any work related email, either as your sending email account or the receiving email account, because you don't it's not yours. You don't own it. You're the companies own it and they can turn it over or will be ordered to turn it over if there's any sort of similar investigation. Ashley, a lot of friends have been asking me and people talk about this around the bar and just when this story broke about text messages, what is the legal recourses in your career? What's happening when you're in court when you hear of a text message compared to an email? What's the big difference with both? Well, the, the big difference is the it gets a little bit more personal. It's on your phone. But if your company is providing that phone or you are using your company's Wi-Fi to transmit those messages, you know you're going to run into a similar problem where they have an entitlement to whatever's being transmitted through their property, the phone, or th through their Internet, the Wi-Fi. And so there's a little bit less expectation there. So, Sam, would you agree that obviously you do probably, but it's more important for people to think about both together because usually if someone's saying something or writing something on their email, isn't it safe to say they're probably doing it on their handheld device, their phone even more so? I think that this story affects almost every single person listening, right? So this is mm -hmm. beyond yeah. sports. It is, it is literally every person listening right now to the show. You gotta, you gotta hear us on this. It's a big deal. You, if it's, if they send it digitally, it exists there forever even if it's your own personal device so if there is ever a lawsuit if there is ever a criminal investigation your phone is everything that's on it that's ever been sent just because you deleted it off your phone doesn't mean it's still not somewhere on a server hanging out waiting to be discovered so here's an idea just if you think that you possibly may not want something ever to come to light or just be discovered don't use your phone or your computer. What's right, what's right with Sam and Ash, my great friends, the only two people I want you to call in town. If you get into an accident, pull over to the side of the road, get safe, and then call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234. And, and Ashley, isn't it a teaching moment? I got a 20-year-old, an 18-year-old, and we've had conversations about emails. They're, they're light on emails at this age other than in school. But it's all about the text messaging going forward. And I thought that this was this made national news this is such a big talking point for parents and your clients when they're talking to their kids going forward yeah absolutely jt this is such a learning lesson for everyone out there what you put in writing whether it's an email in text message on social media people like look at your twitter accounts I, that's the stuff i see people write in the comment section on instagram it's terrible stuff and i go if this ever came to light and it would for whatever reason if there's an investigation going on this stuff is not going away it's it's there forever or someone's going to screenshot it and hold that over you so just be very smart and 
think it over, sleep on it if you have to before you hit send. That's the big, t- everybody says that it's much easier to do than when you, you do it. It'll, some people I know, and Sam, you know this, you got a lot of friends, we all do, Ash, when you, when you think you're writing something, to read it at the end. How many people do you know, Sam, that actually write something when they're really angry or upset, and then at the very end they read it and they press delete? Do you know people who do that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Me. I, I mean, and sometimes you you. What did they teach us in school when we were kids? They they said, you know, if you if you really feel angry, write your feelings down on a piece of paper right. and then rip it up. Remember getting told that? And we just don't have paper anymore and 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 it's so easy to just to hit that send button and and then you can't take it back. And that's you know, and in some cases it can cost you 70 million dollars potentially. So. Absolutely. Sam and Ash join us. Ashley, I wanted to ask you about conduct detrimental to your team, your business, or your league. Ben Simmons, I know you're familiar with this. He won't practice. He won't get involved with drills in Philadelphia. I had two Philadelphia guests on today. They say he's now the most hated Philadelphia athlete of all time. How do you see this from a legal perspective where he's getting $140 million guaranteed and he has the leverage not to practice and listen to his coach? Well, he's going to start losing that money, but you're absolutely right. I, the, and the other thing that I see is the hard part for Ben Simmons, this is potentially a career ender. He might yeah. enjoy that money that he gets in the contract that is guaranteed and he doesn't lose through the suspension, but um, this is not going to help. Well. He wants a trade, and this does mm. not make him look like a marketable player. He just doesn't look like a good teammate. And so there's no one that's going to be hurt more by these decisions than Ben Simmons. He looks like an entitled millennial that's been given the world and he's throwing a fit and it's it's not a good look. I don't think endorsers are going to add on to him or want to be back him. And so this is just it's sad because he's a young guy and I think he had talent, but he's uh, not helping himself and I don't think he has the right people in his ear advising him. You make a great point, Ashley, about future endorsement deals. And, Sam, the other topic, Kyrie Irving not getting his COVID vaccine, and he plays in New York, Brooklyn, New York City, the mandate, the mandate that we're seeing in San Francisco as players on other teams, they're not held to that standard in certain other markets where the NBA is. What are your thoughts on this and the amount of money that Kyrie Irving is losing and the NBA Players Association can't get that money back for him? Well, look, uh, I know a lot of people are sounding off about it. Charles Barkley, uh, you know, he had, he had a lot to say. I, I don't know why, a uh, full extent of why uh, Irving doesn't want to get vaccinated. I, I get it's a huge problem right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that this, uh, you know, that, that this, this eventually becomes a non-issue as COVID goes away. Right now, it's a big financial problem for the team. I get it. Um, but I also, you know, I, I am I am one of the people out there still very sympathetic to if somebody and again, if somebody has a sincere religious belief mm-hmm. or a very specific medical reason, I don't like us piling on these these folks. Um, and, and this guy, I, again, I don't know what his particular deal with it is, but but I do think that, you know, we're, we're right now in a, in a place where we're just really insistent that everybody get vaccinated. There are some legitimate exceptions to it, and I am sensitive to that. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. We've been to the Golden Knights together. Both sell me now on the way out about the Silver Knights. I see your photos, your billboards everywhere. You're loving this partnership you have with this hockey team in Henderson. Tell me all about it. 
Oh my gosh, I I hear the Silver Knights and I start smiling. It's something I can't recommend people do more than I already am recommending. It's more approachable from a price point. You see the future of the NHL on the ice. They're playing with a passion that you sometimes don't see day in and day out on the NHL uh, ice games. And so uh, this is just, it's really fun and it's got its own unique flavor. They've got Lucky the horse mascot and Harold the town crier. There's unique aspects, but definitely go. And the price points there sam i love the team and i, I love the people I there I, it's such a you know it, uh, the vgk are our team here the hsk are our team this this is vegas and when you go there it's like a giant community hangout people from all over the valley kids families and it's you know and the price is approachable ashley touched on that it's mm. you know vgk games are expensive going to going to raider games is expensive so i love it that there is such a tremendous cross-section of people from all over uh southern nevada there at those games it is a giant community event and and we could not be happier being there and jt come to a game with us we gotta we I'd gotta go to. I would love to, and I just need the invite. You know my schedule. It's football <laughs> season. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Give them a call 24 hours, seven days a week, or go to SamAndAshLaw.com, 702-820-1234. Thanks for connecting with us. We miss you. Can't wait to have you in studio soon. Thanks for coming on today. Thank Thanks, you, JT. JT. Take care. Bye. You got it. They're Sam and Ash, really good friends, people I trust. My personal injury attorneys, those are the two I'd really appreciate you do business with because they do business with our show. They're completely locked into our show and what we're doing here. All right, before we get out of here, whirlwind of a show today. Really want to thank all of our guests who are fantastic today. And tomorrow I'm going to be interviewing Rich Passaccia over at the Raiders uh, that's a pretty big deal. It'll be my second television interview with them. We play that here on Friday, and we'll jump on in. And uh, I'll, I got a couple of questions I want to ask him about how he was able to operate through that game with his adjustments because I thought their adjustments were fantastic in the game. Whatever they did to start off the game, they were, they were fresh, they played fast, and they were ready to play. They went to rugs early. Then they made good halftime adjustments, and I just thought the communication – with Basaccia and the rest of his coordinators, they were talking about it on the broadcast. Everything was quiet, smooth, and it really went well. Now they come home, which is a little bit different. You know, preparing with your family, going home at night, getting ready for the game, coming to the game, driving to the game. Then you come in with a different emotion than you do when you're in Denver at Mile High. The emotion of coming into Vegas to play in your own building against a wounded animal. This Eagles team is 2-4. and four. And I looked at their schedule. They got a lot of winnable games. They got about five or six games that are very similar to the Raiders because the NFC East is playing the AFC West. So with Philadelphia, if they beat the Raiders, they got those games coming up against the Giants. They got a lot of winnable games that they can win, I think, other than Dallas. So I think this is going to be the last stand for the Eagles. It's got to be their speech coming to Vegas. That if we're going to save the season we got to win this game and then dream of a wild card. If they get beat, which I expect they will, then that's pretty much it for the Eagles. And it's very uncomfortable to play sports in Philadelphia when you're eliminated before Halloween. The fans are ruthless. They will run you out of town even if you're a 500 team. So this is going to be remarkable. I think the Eagles are coming in just like the Bears. Fired up, focused, no distractions, and playing for their lives. And the Raiders are aware of that because the Bears game already happened. 
If the Bears game didn't already happen, people would be wondering what was going to happen next. Would the Raiders have a letdown? There shouldn't be a letdown here anymore. And boom, I asked for someone to text me. This is a friend who's a sharp in town. This is someone who won the Super Contest in the past. So here's what I got. I asked, why are the Raiders only a three-point favorite? He said, that's the number I made. It was headed to three and a half, but it stayed at three. I played Philly on a teaser up to plus nine. I think there could be a bit of an emotional letdown for the Raiders after last week's inspired effort. Three or three and a half is probably the right number, I think. Figure Raiders are two and a half or three points better on a neutral field. Add one point for home field advantage. And the key, JT, Philadelphia has extra rest. And they do. They have extra rest because they lost to Tom Brady in Tampa Bay the Thursday night before. So we didn't get a chance. We didn't get a chance to talk to Jim Donovan, the voice. I was really looking forward to that. Hopefully we can do it tomorrow of Cleveland. But we were really backed up today, and I appreciate that. So what do we have lined up? We have Thursday night football, which is an important one because it affects the Denver Broncos in the division. So we'll keep an eye on that. And then we have baseball. Uh, Red Sox 2-2 with the Astros. After the Astros scored seven runs in the ninth inning. Hey, Bobby, jump on for that for a second. As a diehard Red Sox fan, if Altuve doesn't hit that tying home run, there's no way they get seven. Were you shocked that Avaldi got pinched by the umpire that badly? And then the wheels came off. I think if the umpire gets the strike call right, Red Sox go into extra innings and they got a chance to win. Well, one thing was the strike call, obviously. But the other thing was... Like I said, they had to win the home games. They didn't win the home games. That means now we got to go to Houston. That's a whole new yeah. ball of wax. I don't think they can win in Houston. I, I think you can win a game in Houston if you have to, but if you have to depend on going in there, it's tough. It's the same thing with the Dodgers. I mean, the Dodgers have an opportunity to win all three games in L.A., and they still got to go back to Atlanta and win a game. So a lot of the media, and especially Fox, man, they want the Dodgers and the Red Sox for the ratings. Uh, a lot of people do not want to see Houston uh, go up against Atlanta, but that could happen too. And then we have more NBA action, and we'll get to the Golden Knights. We didn't forget all the Golden Knight fans that followed us over to Raider Nation Radio. We'll have some Golden Knight players on and some guests coming up here in the next week after the bye week. Uh, my mind is just focused on finishing these shows on Friday, getting to the bye week, taking some time off, seeing my family back east, and then coming back for the for the next push, which will be through Thanksgiving. The Raiders going to Dallas then Christmas and the New Year, and hopefully the Raiders a playoff team. But if the Raiders are going to make the playoffs, they got to beat Philadelphia. After losing to Chicago, it's going to be very difficult for me to come back here next week or the week after the bye week talking about playoffs if the Raiders don't smash these birds into the ground. I think the energy level is going to be great. There'll be some Eagle fans in the building, but I think the Raider fans are going to be louder and more intense than they were when Chicago was in town. At least that's my hope. Thanks to all of our partners, everybody who stepped up. I'll remember this show for a while. It was special to me. John Ritchie to connect with him again. Bill Williamson, Tony Bruno, Howard Eskin, and Sam and Ash. Go to SamAndAshLaw.com. And Bill Williamson, yes, as I said, Bill Williamson is great. Have a great night, everybody.